0: Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus-named disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Genesis chapter 22 and... uh... For the sake of time, I, I will not read the entire uh, verses that I would really like to read. I really would like to focus on verses 1 through 24. But I do believe most of us have probably know this story. And if not, I'll expound on it a little bit. But verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both, So they went both of them together praise God, praise God and Abraham said, my son everyone say God will, God will provide God will provide I believe God is saying that to somebody, I felt it already before the service and I felt God confirm it in my heart as we were worshiping that God will provide It's as good as it gets I said God will provide So I don't know what it is that you have need of in this place today, but we serve a God that is a provider. And I know there's a lot of surrounding churches and religions and organizations that no longer believe in miracles, but we have seen over 22 miracles this year. And we give God the praise for every single one of them. And let me just serve notice to the enemy, this year is not over yet. Praise God. And as long as God tarries, We're going to continue seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want to talk about the Lord's provision. The Lord's provision. God is a God that provides. If we look at that word provision, uh, famous Webster tells us it is the action of providing or supplying something for use. And I don't know about you, but almost every day, I try my best every day, not out of just repetition, but out of true appreciation. I thank God for his favor, and I thank God for his provision. And then when I get to the point where I'm beginning to ask God for things, after I've thanked him for all that he has done, I ask God, Lord, I pray for your favor and your provision to continue. In fact, when I pray over my children, I pray like this, God, I pray that your provision would be over their lives. I pray that you would provide for their needs because surely I do not know what they have need of at all in all levels of understanding, but Lord, you know what they have need of. When I pray for this church, this is how I pray, Lord, I don't know at all. I don't know what everyone needs. I don't know where everyone is at. I only know what... I can see and I only know what you revealed to me, but God provide what they have need of. If they need health, give them health. If they are struggling financially, Lord bless their finances. If they uh, have lost family, I pray God that you would provide. Amen. And I believe that we serve a God that loves to provide for his children. Amen. Just this past weekend, we enjoyed a little getaway, and I I told my children, I said, I'm going to give you a little bit of a budget for you to spend, and they can buy something fun, and then when they reach that budget, the budget's no more. The money is gone, and so uh, it is a desire of a father to provide what they have need of, but also I can tell you, as a father, it is not just a desire to provide their needs. But it is also a desire to give them some of their wants. Uh, Gracie brought me something that was uh, three digits expensive, <laughs> and I said, "Well, you're going to have to go talk to Brother Payson about that one, <laughs> or Brother Compton, or you know, go talk to Papa about that one, <laughs> or Nana. Ooh, that would have been a good one. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Nana would have got it, and Papa." Amen. But I, I, I said, no, that's over your budget. <laughs> but it is a desire, even though it was expensive, and even though I know she did not need it, there was something in my heart that wanted to buy it, yeah. and uh, it, 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 I, it gave me pause. And in fact, I. Uh, she found something else that was also in the three digits, but it was just a lower three digit. (laughs) And uh, it would only have been a three digit with taxes added. And I said, well, that's still over your your budget, but if you really want it, I'll give it to you. And uh, she didn't get it, so praise God. I'm, I'm three digits richer today. Praise the Lord. But I believe we serve a God that is in the same way as that where he not only wants to provide you a roof over your head or food in your belly or, or, or just protection, but he wants to give you not just your needs, but also your wants. In fact, he's the God of the best gifts. Now, that, I don't believe that means that we're just gonna be over, you know, over the moon with everything that we want. God will just bless it. No, no, no. It's also for our good. What is for our good? But I do believe that we serve a God that is actively providing and supplying something for use. And, and I have this perspective on, on things of life and I, and I remind myself this all the time, but if there's anything that I have that I own that God has blessed me with, there's nothing that really I've, I own. It all belongs to God. From my clothes that I wear to the cars I drive to the home I live in to all of the hobbies that perhaps I get into and get out of, it all belongs to God. And so I had this philosophy that if anything I have is too good for the kingdom of God, it's too good. Praise God. It's too good. And I don't need it. If it's too good for me to give to the kingdom of God, it's too good. If it's too good and God moves upon me to give sacrificially and I say I'm not willing to sell that to give what God has moved on me to give sacrificially, it's too good. Now, you may not have that perspective, but i that's just how I, I, I have to look at things because God is a God that gives and he's also a God that takes away. Yeah. And we're gonna talk about it this morning and you've heard me talk about it before, but we need to live a life with an open hand. Amen. If you will live a life unto the Lord with an open hand, not only will God... Not only will you give to God, but God will also give to you. The problem is when we live with a close fist hand to God, God has a hard time blessing what is not open unto him. I'm getting ahead, but that's just the will of God that we talk about this today. This, this idea of provision is a two-way street. And so before we can talk about God's provision, we must first discuss the requirements of God's provision what requirements of God's provision we don't want to talk about that <laughs> I don't want to talk about that man, I, I, somebody saw that title God's provision the Lord's provision and they're thinking "Whoa, this is going to be a good one this morning <laughs> we're going to talk about God providing all of my needs and man I come with a need and then I said something about requirements you're like that's not what I was thinking about But we have to talk about God's requirements, because I believe wholeheartedly that if we truly want God's will in our lives and his provision for our lives, that there are some requirements. Amen. First is, God demands some things. Deuteronomy 10 and 12, and now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Oh, here it is, God requires some things. But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul to keep the commandments of the Lord. Mm. You see, we're just kind of glazing over it quickly, but in this is so rich and full of so much that, is, that has to, we have to be obedient too if we want the provision of the Lord, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statues, which I command thee this day for thy good. The word require is translated from a Hebrew term, meaning the, to demand, to demand. He said, I require some things. What doth the Lord thy God require or what doth the Lord thy God demand? You say, God demands things? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we want God's provision, and I mean the will of the Lord, provision in our life, there are some things that God demands. Contrary to belief of some, God is not a God who created everything and then chose to withdraw from human affairs. He's not a God that just provides you and then and leaves. As a father would not provide for his children and then leave, even though there are some that do. But I I mean a father. I won't get into all that, but I mean a dad, a father that loves his children. He desires to be involved in their lives. He desires to know what's going on. He desires to know the good, the bad, and even the ugly. And this is a command that he gave to Abraham in our story. And it came to pass after these things in Genesis 22, that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son. Somebody say the only son. the only son. Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now I got to tell you, I really did not want to talk about this story because I do not like this story. I just don't. <laughs> it's not my favorite story because the idea of God asking of me, of one of my children, it's a tough pill to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow. Any moms and dads here? You can also say, Grandma, Grandpas, it's a hard pill to swallow. Some of you have suffered the pain of that pill. And so it's not one that I take lightly. But what a command of God to sacrifice. Your son. It would have devastated Abraham even if God had asked him to sacrifice Ishmael, the son of the bondwoman. He had two sons. But Ishmael clearly was not the son of promise, for God said, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac. God did not acknowledge Ishmael's existence because he was not miraculously conceived and born of Sarah, whose womb was barren. But God miraculously caused Sarah to conceive by Abraham, thus producing the child of promise in their old age, Isaac. What is God saying? Sometimes it's going to be a sacrifice. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes God's gonna require some things that's not gonna be easy. In fact, can I just tell you that if it is just easily given, it is not a sacrifice at all. And really anything we do for God is only reasonable service. And what a lot of people call sacrifice is only reasonable service. Well, I've sacrificed these 20 years going to church faithfully every Sunday morning. Huh? Huh? I'm sorry, that's not sacrifice. That's called privilege. Amen. That's called, it's an honor. Amen. Well, I've, I've sacrificed every morning I've prayed to God. That's not sacrifice. It is a privilege to be able to commune with God and to talk with God and to be with him. Well, I've sacrificed by giving my tithe and my offering. Telling you, we have a wrong perspective of sacrifice when we begin to state things like that. But this was a sacrifice for Abraham. Put aside for a moment the crude task itself of sacrificing your own son. Put aside the idea of having the knife in your hand. Put that aside. And just think of the fact that God required his only son I don't even want to think about marching up with, my, with my, one of my children up to a mountain to crucify, to, to sacrifice them on an altar. I don't even want to let's not even consider that. Let's just consider the idea of God requiring something great, something significant. Put aside the fact that crude task, but it truly was a command to give all. Somebody say give all. It was a command to give all. If we want the provision of God, and somebody needs to hear this. If you want the provision of God, we must first learn to give him everything. Amen. Everything. Now I've said it before, I'm gonna say it again. When you open your hand and you give God everything, you're giving him all the good because surely everybody here, well, you got some good. I mean, you got some good, but I, perhaps you have some ugly as well. I know I do. Everybody here has some good, but you got some things that perhaps aren't so good. But God says, open your hand and give it all to me. Bring your bodies a living sacrifice that's holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And this is only your reasonable service. When he said, bring your bodies, he said, hey, bring all the baggage that you got. Bring all the pains that you got. Bring all the hurts that you got. Bring all the bad bad past that you got and I'll take it all and I'll turn what was meant for evil into good. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. As God commanded Abraham to sacrifice his only son, God calls us to give him our all. Thank God that he doesn't make a habit of asking for this. This was specific for Abraham, but he does ask for everything. If there's anything on this earth that is holding you down, that is gripping you, that has you, friend, it's the very thing that will keep you out of heaven. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I got to give God everything. I got to give him everything. That's physically, that's mentally, that's spiritually, that's emotionally. I give him everything. We are commanded in Matthew 22 to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. That rich young ruler found out how difficult this could be when he was approached by Jesus himself and asked, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? It's a great question. Jesus said, if thou will be perfect, go and sell what thou hast and give to the poor. And thou hast treasure in heaven. He loved his wealth more than he loved his God. Because he went away bitterly because he had such great treasure. And sometimes we read this story, we're in our daily reading, we just say, my goodness, shaking our heads. But the reality is, is that we make this fatal error as well as the rich young ruler. Yep. He was not willing to sacrifice that which God had provided. Can I just tell you if, you, if there's ever a question, if there's a question here, whatever it is that you have has been given by God. Congrats. Well, bless God, I'm the one that got up and got ready and got in the car and went and earned the money. Listen, it only would take one failure of your brakes in your vehicle and your life would be gone and you would no longer have the ability to go and earn a dollar. It could be one phone call that could completely and utterly change the course of your life. It is because of the provision and the favor of God that we stand where we stand and sit where we sit. Everything I have is because of him. You say, well, what about those that are rebelling against God? It's only because of God that they have what they have. And it's only because of God that I have what I have. The only reason I have my wife and my children and this church family is because of the mercy and the grace of God. I didn't earn this. You and I didn't earn what we have. If we got what we earned, we'd all be in a different boat together. But friend, it is because of God's mercy and his grace. And so what, why, why, why is it so hard for people to give back what God has given? Let me just ask this very hard question. If God said, I require of you your your home, sell your home and give it to the kingdom of God. Somebody's going to leave. Well, pastor's saying I need to sell my home. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what if God said, hey, sell your home. There's a church that needs to be built. Would we be willing to do that? What if God said, sell this or sell that. Get out of this hobby. All that, those, those things you enjoy, get out of it and give it to the kingdom of God. Would you do it? Would you be willing to do it? What if God called you to a level of ministry that was very uncomfortable? and you'd have to give, give up some things. What if God called you to a level of prayer and supplication that required you, mm, that required more of your personal time, that required less vacations, that required less fun time, that required less entertainment? You see, sometimes we say, bless our finances. God, bless my finances. God, you see, I can't pay this bill because I went into debt over my ears, paying for something I cannot afford. So God bless me. We're laughing because that's pretty silly, but I've been there. I've been there. I've made some dumb decisions, dumb purchases. And I had a pastor, Brother Wiley, told me this about four years ago when I was looking at getting a side-by-side. I was been saving and thinking about it and looking at them. And Brother Wiley said, never go in debt for a toy. Pay cash for your toys. I said, yes, sir. Amen. What great advice. But sometimes we get ourselves in these predicaments, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're truly financially struggling. And God, God, we need your provision. We need you to provide. Yet, we aren't blessing God with our finances. Right, right. How can God bless what is not his? What can God, God cannot bless what he has not access to. We say God bless our finances, but then we can't, we struggle paying our tithes. Or we don't pay our tithe. Or don't pay our offering. Why are you talking about this? Hey, I, I don't, I, I have a, Right now, I have a full-time job. I'm not saying I need your money. This church, while the kingdom of God needs resources, if it's not gonna be me, he'll find somebody else. God's gonna have his will and his way. Period, in a discussion. And so I just choose to be a part of it. I choose to to follow what God is asking. Give me the privilege and the honor to give back what he has already provided to me. Now, I know we could talk about the 10th part, and surely that's part of it. But I don't believe there's a period and that's where it ends there. I believe we have to operate on our offering and then sacrificial offering. I believe there have been times where God has moved upon me to give sacrificially and I did not have it. And I know there's been some of you that have said, come to me and said, I'm gonna give because God has placed it on my heart and you had no clue where the money's gonna come from. Some of you still don't. But I believe that God is going to honor every single time we have sacrificially gave. As long as we will keep an open hand and allow God to have access to it, God can also bless it. We say, bless our family, God. Bless my family. God, we want you integrated into our family. We want you, I need you in my family to protect them and to provide for them. And when they're sick, I want you to heal them. And, and when, they're, when they're on the verge of losing it, I want you to be there with them where, where I can't be. Yet we, are, we aren't prioritizing God in the family. You see, we can't, we can't operate on two sides of the coin. We either have to give God everything or give Him nothing at all. Because He's a God that wants it all. He cannot bless a family that he has not prioritized in. We say, bless our health. I could go on and on and on. But God cannot provide where he has no access. God cannot supply to a closed hand. If we want the provision of God, and who wants the provision of God? Who wants the provision of God? We must open it up to him and give him everything. Everything. Total love demands a willing sacrifice. An inability to give to God everything indicates an inability to love him with all of our hearts. Man, this, this, this whole message just took in a completely different turn from when we first opened it. Now we were talking about God's provision. Man, we're gonna get things from God. Yes, I believe he is a God of provision, but he is also a God that desires, he's also a jealous God that requires all of me and all of you. Now, he's not a hard taskmaster. He's not a God like a, a chess player moving all the pieces. That's not, uh, he's a sovereign God, but I don't believe God just controls every single little detail. He gives us, uh, gives humanity the will to do what they desire to do. He could, I suppose, force everybody to you know, come and, and repent, I suppose. But he said, it's, not my, uh, my, it's my will that everybody would come, that nobody would die, that no one would go to hell, but it's their choice. It's their choice if they're gonna give their life to me or to the world. To righteousness or to unrighteousness. We do not have to be excited and thrilled about total sacrifice. (laughs) I love that point because I know that where some of you are at right now, man, we would love to be running the aisles on a Sunday morning. Why why is pastor talking about being, uh, talking about, you know, God's provision? They turned it to requirements. We don't have to be excited and thrilled about total sacrifice. I imagine Abraham wasn't very thrilled marching up that mountain. I imagine there was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt going through his mind, through his heart. We just have to be willing. None of us would enjoy dying for our mate or for our children. If I asked made a poll here and said, well, Brother Compton, would you enjoy dying for your children? I imagine the answer would be, no, wouldn't enjoy it. But I would do it if that's what was required of me to do. I would take a bullet for them if that's what was required of me to do. I don't have to be happy about it. I don't have to enjoy it, but I would do it. That is what God, that's the spirit in which God wants us to approach. He's not looking to destroy us. He's not looking to take everything that we have. He's not looking to take away all your fun, all your toys, all, that's not what he's interested in doing. What he's interested in is having it all and then saying, God, it's not mine. It's yours in the first place. So if you want it, so be it. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost inspired the early church at Jerusalem to sell all of the possessions and to give the proceeds to the Lord. That's what they did. They sold everything. This was commendable, but I can't find where God commanded them to do it. God did not kill Ananias and Sapphira because they did not give all. That's not why he killed them. Judgment fell upon them because they lied about their sacrifice. They sold land, brought part of the price, and told Peter they were giving everything. You see, God does want sacrifice, but he also wants honesty. I said he wants honesty. Don't be one thing in front of everybody and then secretly be a whole different thing. Amen. We gotta put God first. We gotta give him everything, and we gotta put God first. Matthew 10, and he, he that loveth... He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is, this is harsh. This is tough. This is tough to swallow. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. But that's the word of God. It's the word of God. Order and sequence are integral parts of the human experience. People make grocery lists, errand lists, guest lists, cleaning lists. We know who or what is the first and the last of all kinds of categories. Even if we don't open out, open, take out a pen and paper and write it all down, our priorities are in our mind as a mental list. Anybody here love lists? I love lists. Yes. And then, but this is my problem is I make these lists and then I forget about them. This is the story of my life. I have great intentions, but I have the memory of a goldfish. Amen. I'll, some of my elders here, your memory is way better than me. Amen. I, and I don't understand why, but uh, I, have, I can make all the lists in the world. And so we were headed up to our leadership retreat, and I had a thing on my hand. Two, I, had, I made a list. For the first time ever, I wrote on my palm of my hand. And my wife said, why do you have writing on your hand? I said, because this is something I cannot forget. It's attached. (laughs) I know, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. But we make these lists. Many individuals think that the law of God, the commandments of God are just simply a list of rules for people to follow. However, heart issues occupied the top slot in God's list of requirements. He continually commanded his people to love him with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their might. For they would truly loved him. They would obey his commandments. If we truly love him, we'll obey his commandments. It's not a list that we wake up and say, well, I did this, this, this. Now I can act like I want to. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. It's about this right here. It's about getting this heart into subjection to the will of God. It's about getting this heart in alignment with the will of God. Above all else, the Israelites were instructed to love God more than anything and anyone else. If we do not put God first, hear this. If we do not put God first, God cannot put us first. For example, the days of Jehu, king of Israel in 2 Kings 10 and 32, said the Lord began to cut cut Israel short. Although Jehu did some good things during his reign, he did not remove Jeroboam's golden calves. In 2 Kings 10, but Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel with all of his heart. These are words, these keywords. all oh, his heart did not do it. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. The phrase began to cut Israel short has been translated like this, began to cut parts of Israel off began to whittle Israel down, began to work havoc on Israel, to dismember Israel, to loathe Israel, to be angry with Israel all throughout scripture. Jehu's failing to depart from the sins of Jeroboam showed he did not love God with all of his heart. What am I saying? Your actions or lack thereof say a whole lot about where your love remains and lies. With such a leader, many in Israel never developed an ardent tenderness toward God and behaved accordingly. So God allowed Hazael of Syria to defeat them and capture all the territory east of Jordan. In other words, God cut Israel short because they refused to put him first. Now, I I look around and I I do, I I begin to ask questions. Brother Meeks, I, I do. I look around and I see a lot of people that have a lot of great things in this world and they do not serve God but I don't see their life. I don't know what they do. I don't know anything about, I just know what I can see. But I I can't answer for them. But I'm gonna tell you what, friend, they will answer for themselves. But as far as me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Because I don't have to answer for Shaquille O'Neal. I don't have to answer for, you fill in the blank of some famous celebrity. I do have to answer for David Strader. And I do have to answer for the Strader household. And I will have to answer for this church. And so you gotta understand, as far as me and my house, we're gonna love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of thy might. In fact, God never has never used mammon to qualify anything. In fact, he went the exact opposite. He's the one that came in a stable. He could have been born in the biggest mansion, but he chose a haystack. Amen. Abraham's faith. Let's talk about that, and I'm closing here shortly. Regardless of the outcome, Abraham believed God. Note that he said this, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Get that. He's gonna go worship? Knowing that he is going to crucify he's going to sacrifice his son he's going to worship and come again to you as Abraham climbed the slopes of Mount Moriah he did not know God was going to stay his hand from slaying Isaac however perhaps the writer of Hebrews revealed Abraham's thoughts during the difficult time that he wrote Abraham believed God in Hebrews eleven nineteen. God was able to raise up Isaac even from the dead I believe that as Abraham was walking up that mountain, as hurtful as he perhaps was, as in pain as he was, he knew that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He was willing to give God everything because he knew that he served a God that could also provide it all back again. Amen. Amen. Man, there's power in that. There's power in that. What are we with, huh? What are we not receiving from God because we will not give to God? Think about it. The, 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 the massive amount of blessing that God wants to give, he cannot give because he does not have access to. Perhaps our greatest raise is waiting on sacrifice. Perhaps our greatest victory is waiting on us to give everything. You say Oh, this is why the preachers preach on faithfulness. This is why the preachers preach on prayer. This is why they preach on fasting. This is why they talk about supplication. This is why we talk about worship. You better believe it because I don't want to leave any rock unturned. I want to give God everything because what he has for me is far greater than what I have for him. What he can give to me is far grander than anything I could ever give to him. You think God's impressed with my my, my pennies that I can rub together and give? He's not impressed with the the value of it. He's impressed with the obedience of it. He's impressed that I'm giving him everything. That's what he's impressed with. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hands right now and love him. I'm talking about the Lord's provision. The Lord's provision. Abraham. I don't believe he knew ahead of time that he would hear the thrashing and beating of a ram caught in a thicket. But he believed that God would provide himself a sacrifice. He loved and believed so strongly that he did everything God asked, even to the raising of the knife to plunge into his beloved son's heart. When we have faith in God, we do not have to know or understand everything he is doing in our lives. Our responsibility is to believe what God said. God's responsibility is to fulfill what he said. That went over like a lead balloon. (laughs) I said, our responsibility is to believe and to have faith. And I know that's difficult at times, but if we could just believe, if we could just keep the faith, what can God do? He can do anything. He can do anything. There is nothing represented in this sanctuary today that God cannot take care of. If we will just open up our heart, open up our life and give it unto him. Our responsibility is to believe and to have faith. If we will be more concerned About his promise, than our problem, we will see God do more. I'm not worried about my problem. I'm just concerned about the promise. Because Hebrews 10 and 23 said, He, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. We have a tendency to worry about how God is going to work things out for us. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Worrying about how God's gonna work it all together. Worrying about how this is gonna get paid. Worrying about how this is gonna be taken care of in my health. But working things out is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to have faith that he will. Amen. I do what I can do. The, mere, the small things that I can do and God will take care of the rest. I'm telling you, we serve a God that is faithful. We serve a God that is able. He's going to provide for you, church. He's going to provide for this church because this is a church that gives it everything. This is a church that gives all. And I honor this church. I give honor to this church because this is a church that has given. And all throughout the decades of this church, it is a church that has given sacrificially. Not just of, time, of money, but of time and talent. God, whatever you want, it's yours. You can have it all. And hear me, church, all of the elders that have gone and have given and all the elders, Sister Rosie back there, all of the elders that have been here for decades, God is going to bless them. God has a reward for them. They may not see it here. Brother Sister Caldwell, you may not see it here, but when we get up yonder, we're going to worship. We're going to praise God. I'm not worried about it because God's got it under control. Ephesians 3, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. How do we see Abraham's faith in us? This is coming to a close. We see it in his obedience to God. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. It's too late, Saul. You learn too late that God delights more in obedience to his voice than he does in sacrifices and offerings. doesn't matter how big of a check we could write, either one, any of us. It's all about obedience to the word of God. It's about obedience to the word of God. I I I don't give I, of my time, talent, treasure. I don't give that so I can have a title or or notoriety. I give because that's what God has talked to me about. That's what God has spoken to me about, and that's what God has commanded me to do in the Word of the Lord. And I am just obeying the Word of God. When we simply obey God, we open the window of His blessings. Somebody is going to open up the window of blessing in this service. I believe that. You say how am I going to do that? Well, cuz you're going to begin to obey the word of God like you've never obeyed the word of God before. You can't buy your way into heaven. You cannot. Well, I honor I honor anyone and everyone who gives financially of your time and talent and treasure, all of it. Thank God for you. Thank God. That's how we keep the lights on. It's how we're going to build a church. It's going to happen. We need that. We have to have that. But ultimately, if we have all those in place but not obedience to the word, if when we go home we're disobeying the word of God, we are out of alignment and the blessings of God cannot truly pour into our life. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. You see, we have to remain faithful. We have to have complete trust in God because we base our faith on the firm word of God, believing that he will keep his promises even though we cannot see how or when to fulfill them. Something I found so profound about this verse, we've already read it, but as Abraham walked up the mountain, he, he turned around and he said, the lad and I are going up Yonder. And we're going to worship. Worship? What are you talking about? Worship. Though his eyes probably brimmed and with unshed tears and his heart felt heavy with an unbearable ache, Abraham did not think about going down the mountain before he had carried out God's instructions to finish. Can I tell you, as our sacrifice should be worship, our worship should be a sacrifice. I've got to say that again because you've got to capture that. As our sacrifice should be worship, and it is, our worship should be a sacrifice. There's going to be times, friends, when I lift my hands, it's going to be a sacrifice. There's going to be times when I get in deep in prayer, and it is a sacrifice, At the end of the day, it's reasonable service, I understand. But I'm talking about when you're really aching and hurting. It's a sacrifice. But can I tell you that when Abraham responded to God's command to offer his son and went so far to bind him up, to place him on the altar, to raise up the knife, it pleasured God to provide a substitute sacrifice for Isaac. And Abraham's attitude mattered. His spirit mattered. His approach made all the difference. And in this account, we find the only mention of the compound name Jehovah-Jireh, which means God sees and he will provide. In this story, we find Jehovah-Jireh, the God who sees and the God who will provide. It's interesting that the ram was behind Abraham. You hear me? It says that that the ram was behind Abraham. What does that mean? While Abraham was obeying the voice of the Lord, God was out of sight behind his back, providing a substance. Somebody's got to get this this morning. While you're pouring your heart and your life into something, you just know that God's in the thicket working on a sacrifice. God will provide it. Don't you worry about anything. You just do what God's commanded. You just do what God's asked, and God will provide what you have need of. Can we lift our hands right now and love him? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How am I going to worship? Because I know God is working something out for my good. How am I going to take another step? Because I know God. He's going to make a way. He's a God that's going to give me provision. I can walk in the boldness and the confidence of the Holy Ghost because I know I've given God everything. And like a father, he's not going to let his child Willfully fail or fall, but he's gonna be there for that child. Can I tell you, God's here for you today. God's here for you today, and he's ready to put you, you first if you'll put him first. Hallelujah. I'm going to open these altars and I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask everyone in the sound of my voice, if you would, to come and to begin to pray and say, God, I want to make you first. God, I've got to give you everything. God, I give you all. Lord, I give it all to you today. God wants to provide for your financial problem God is ready to give you the job that you so desired God's ready to give you the victory that you so prayed for but he desires he desires it everything everything he desires it all God, you are holy, righteous, powerful, and almighty. Lord, you can do all things but fail. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, God sees where you're at right now and he's desiring to provide. He wants to provide. He's a father that desires to give you what you have need of. Hallelujah.